Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. One of the kindest, one of the funniest, and one of the financially smartest humans that I have ever met. Her brain works spectacularly when it comes to building wealth with simple strategies and systems that you can apply to take you from wherever you are to that next level financially. She's an absolute master. And so it is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be able to introduce her to you today here on Breakfast with Champions, Mrs. Kristen. Kingsbury, aka Kristen McCracken, as I know her. <laughs> Girl, the mic is yours. Isn't that funny how after 30 years you just can't change my name? I can't. <laughs> I love it. I just can't do it. <laughs> I hear you. I it's hard for me sometimes. <laughs> and it's been 20. I think I'm on 22 years now. It's craziness. Oh my goodness. Michael C. Rock, way to kill it today. That was so awesome. I loved something that you said about low octane fuel being using your pain and your past to motivate you and then really realizing wait a second high octane fuel is making the decision because so often we don't just decide right to burn the boats and to move forward um, and being consistent man boy I would say most failure in my life has come from being inconsistent at times. And so I loved that. That was awesome. I loved your talk about wanting to quit 15 times last night and waking up and doing it anyways. I love this 67 day challenge, just like we just did the 75 day hard or 75 hard. Um, I tell you what, just running together, when they say you are the average of the five you spend the most time with, what a great room to spend time with people. Man, there's some amazing humans in this space at all times. So running with them for 67 days will only change your life. So come join us, that's awesome. Um, so last week on wealth and health, that always gets me backwards. I wanna say health and wealth, but you know, it needs to be wealth 
because it's Wednesday, um, Wealth and Health Wednesday, we talked about 10 ways to be prepared for opportunity when it strikes. And we went through that last week. This week, I started thinking about something and I just wanted to have a conversation around it because you hear it said all the time, money doesn't buy you happiness. And I thought, huh, I wonder if there's any kind of science to that or if it actually does. And so I started digging and reading because one of the things I know about life is that when you want to be a master of something, you have to study it and do it as often as possible. Just surround yourself and, and just educate yourself at every opportunity you get about that thing that you want to master. And so I was thinking to myself, I wonder if there's any science around money buying you happiness. And I found that there actually is. So... I'm going to share what I found with you. Studies show that people on average with a $75,000 income, and it, it varies a little because obviously there's a higher price point to living in different areas. So um, ge geography plays a role in how much, but basically $75,000 covers their life's necessities and that people are comfortable and pretty happy at that $75,000 spot. They don't feel the stress of living paycheck to paycheck. Um, when you're down below that, you constantly have money on the mind. And so 75,000 was just a number that they came up with in this study that, that meant that you were well-fed, that you had a safe place to live, and that you had some fun money to go play with. So it was a pretty comfortable place that I'm sure a lot of people feel good and you could even say sometimes get stuck there because we know we get stuck in our comfort zones. So if you're not to that $75,000 point, and, and here's what I know, like we come to, we come to Clubhouse and it's funny because everybody's a multimillionaire and a billionaire. I've never met so many of them as I did on this app. And then I look at the data and I look at what, how many millionaires there are in the world and how many there are in the country. And I realize that the percentage is really small. And so I realize that across the board, though it may seem that there are tons of them in these rooms, the reality is there's still a lot of people that need to be lifted and that we need to pull with us. And just kind of a reality check that not everybody on Clubhouse is millionaires and billionaires. So raise your income. If you're not at that 75 point, if you want to get to 100,000, if you want to get to 200,000, the first thing you have to do is if you're at that 75 point, where you can be more where can you be more efficient? Where can you be more efficient with your time, with your systems, with your people? such that you can increase the revenue doing what you already do. So often we get on these like, I'm gonna go try something else. You've already spent years in this spot doing what you do and you do it pretty well. So go find ways to be more efficient and to do it even better before you go pick up another race and start heading in another direction. Maybe you're bored because sometimes winning and consistency is redundant and it can get boring. But go find ways to do what you do at even a higher level. Go, um, go audit yourself, if you will. Number two, decrease your debt. I was, as I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, debt is really just borrowing from your future self. It's taking a pay cut for your future, really, because you're really paying more than what you borrowed. So when you start thinking about this debt that you have, realize that you're robbing yourself of your freedom by having this debt. Start thinking 
about how can I buy things that pay for themselves in multiples? Like I can't, if I can leave you with nothing, like the thing I want you to hear me say over and over again is buy things that pay for themselves in multiples, because that means you got it for free and then you made income off of it. And honestly, four times income is great. Um, it's not always possible, but don't buy things that are just costing you and getting you in debt. Find ways to pay for them in, in such a way that they, that they bring you multiples of that. Um, number three, have an emergency fund. So when we're talking about happiness, one of the things that kept coming up was emergency funds because oftentimes people don't have an emergency fund and it keeps you from sleeping at night. Having an emergency fund allows you just to prevent you from being uncomfortable. Um, if there's, if something comes up, I, and I always like to tie this back to real life. Right now I have a friend that went to Mexico on a family vacation. They went to Mexico just a couple of weeks ago on a family vacation. And you know, they, they've got a good job. Families all, everybody's working, everybody's healthy, everybody's doing good. They went down to Mexico, have a great family vacation, beautiful, excited. They budgeted for like, you know, six, seven days down there in a nice resort. And guess what? The whole family got COVID. So they wouldn't let them come across the border because they all tested positive for COVID. So now they had to go rent a house because they've got a quarantine down there for their, I think it was 14 days. Um, and so the first thing that pops up is, wow, we only budgeted for six days. Now we got to find 14 more days worth of uh, money coming out of our bank accounts. We don't have it. So we're going to go put it on credit cards. So unfortunately, this is the circumstance that they were in. They didn't have an emergency fund. So this next 14 days in an expensive resort, you know, with having food brought to them and things like that came on the debt of a credit card. And usually, most times, credit cards are 14, 22, like the, the percentage, the APRs on credit cards are like, holy smokes, if you could dig a hole, a credit card is going to put you in that. So the just having that emergency fund because you cannot, the reason they call them accidents is because you didn't know they were going to happen. So have an emergency fund. And then number four is have an opportunity pot. That's back to last week's talk about be prepared when opportunity strikes because, oh my goodness, you can multiply, you can build more wealth in a short amount of time if you're prepared to take advantage of an opportunity than you maybe could have in a decade. And it just is a matter of being ready when opportunity pops up. So being ready, having that opportunity pot, being able to capitalize on the opportunity when it presents itself, it can often make a huge financial increase in your future income. It doesn't even have to be too much. This morning on my team's morning call, I get to ramble to them all the time and speak life into them and encourage them. And, and I was talking to them about a piece of property that I'm going to put an offer in on today. And I told them all, I said, you know what? We have this, this mindset of we got to have a bunch of money to take advantage of opportunity. And the truth is we just have to have some one of the opportunities that is so easy for me to take advantage of today because I always make sure to have that opportunity pot is a commercial lot to build another mobile home park on. And I own a mobile home park. I know that those things are cash cows. And there's a lot that's sitting on the market right now. And I always kind of fish. I believe that uh, buying investment properties is a little bit like fishing. You throw some bait out there. 
you ask a question, you try to learn something about the situation, you see if they bite. If they don't bite, you try another bait. And so I simply asked the question because this listing has been on the market for three years and nobody's bought it. And I said, hey, if I gave that seller five grand and had her carry the note and let me make payments on it for a little while, would she um, be happy to have sold it? Like we're talking $5,000. You all, everybody in this room can save $5,000 to take, a, take advantage of an opportunity. And so while I'm talking about not getting into debt on credit cards, this mobile home park opportunity pays for itself um, in huge multiples. And so, um, there, so anyway, so the seller, the listing agent, she's like, well, you know, I think she would, she's just sick of holding on to it. So think for yourself that I just bought an opportunity for five grand. And then as soon as we're operating, it will be paying for itself. But for $5,000, that's all I had to do. Um, it can literally change the future. And so I just, I challenge you when you think that opportunity is expensive, it doesn't have to be expensive. Most of the investments that I've bought in my life have actually been fairly cheap and things that other people overlooked. So I just encourage you to keep your eyes open. But studies show that many people define their value by the success of their business and the success in their careers. I know I have been guilty of that. Um, definitely, I have I have tied my value to how well my team is performing, how much you know, uh, how well is my family performing, uh, and and you can get really tied up in that, and it's not wrong. Success is often tied to increased revenues, profits, bonuses. If you're one of the people that ties your happiness to success in your business or your career, your happiness may literally grow as your business grows, as you climb the career ladder your accomplishments grow, your profits grow. Like there's nothing wrong with that being tied, you know, you you defining yourself or giving yourself value by the success of your business. If that's something that's important to you, there's nothing wrong with that. Just acknowledge that that's part of what brings you happiness. And it just proves that money may in fact have some ties to happiness. So I was thinking about this because I hate the way that sounds. Money, but you know, money buys you happiness, or money doesn't buy you happiness. I believe there's a point at which you run into the law of diminishing returns. That law states that, like, if you put all of your eggs in one basket, if you invest in a single goal, and you kind of allow everything else to remain the same, at some point, your return eventually starts to decline. So. Earlier, we were talking about get really good at what you're doing. Make sure that you've maximized all of your, you know, your wheels on your business or the ways that you can make um, money in your in your career. But there is a point at which, you know, you can max out your time. For instance, you can't you you run out of time. You don't have any more. So at some point, you max that out, and then you don't have any other opportunity unless you change your strategy, which would be at some point you're going to need leverage of people, of systems. But at some point there becomes a law of diminishing return. And I want you to visualize life as we talk a lot about work-life balance. We talk about a, a lot about is there even a such thing as balance? You can find books on how to have a balanced life. You can find other books that say there's no such thing as balance. And I kind of think of a balanced life like this. If you thought of a pendulum swinging from, I don't know, a bar or something over your head, 
And so if you were to visualize straight up and down that pendulum, that would be balanced. But the problem is life is ever moving. There's no such thing as just a stopped life. You're dead. If, if, you're, if your life is stopped, you're dead. So visualize that pendulum as it rocks back and forth. And I want you to visualize that as long as you're close to center, you're, you're, you're good. There's nothing urgent. There's nothing hugely painful. There's nothing very scary. It's when you get too far to the left or too far to the right. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there that you get out of balance. So I just want you to picture when we talk about work-life balance, it's not so much as finding a single place that you need to be, but rather keeping things within a range of not swinging too far, too far out of balance. Does that make sense? Flash your mics if that makes sense and you're still with me. Make sure we're still live in this room. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys. Um, so if you're, if you're, picturing it as a, as a pendulum and that, you know, you're visualizing this to the left, to the right, and you can tell when you're out of balance because it gets a little bit too far one way or the other. There's many ways when you can catch that and you can see that you're out of balance, there's ways to increase happiness that don't necessarily have to just do with money. And so if you take that pendulum again, and I want you to visualize that there's five circles in life. There's five circles in life that are tied to happiness. And I know you've heard these a million times, as, as have I. And I just started kind of thinking of them under this pendulum. There's many ways to increase your, your happiness that's not tied to money. It's tied to your about ability to have counterbalance in these five areas. So number one is your spiritual life. So if you were to picture your spiritual life on that uh, balance that we were just talking about, that's your God time. That's your quiet time. That's your reflection time. That's the time that you get to think. And would you picture yourself completely out of balance, swinging way far left and way far right? Or are you fairly good at making sure that that happens consistently, that you have a good, strong balance of having that show up in your daily habits? Number one is your spiritual life. That's something that you've got to have some counterbalance in. And if you get too far out of whack, I know there's been lots of times in my life where, um, you know, I'm, I'm focused on work, focused on growth, focused on winning, you know, um, with business. And then I think to myself, oh my gosh, when was the last time I had a quiet day? When was the last time I, I, you know, just quieted down and really reflected and just reconnected with God. And then I have to remind myself to take myself back. That's the pendulum that I have to balance, but it might be another pendulum that you need to balance because number two circle is physical health. I loved this as I was digging into this happiness and what makes happiness and is it money? They said that 6,531% increase happened when you improved your physical health from just a three to a four on a scale from one to five. I had to stop and think about that for a second. I was like, holy smokes. Like that doesn't have anything to do with um, many of the things that you tie to happiness. 
but 6,531% happier if you just simply changed your physical health from a three to a four. And it's funny because we just finished that 75 hard. And I was like, when I finished, I'm terrible at taking care of my physical health. Terrible. That is the one place that I probably fail most in my life. And that 75 hard, I finished that. And I thought to myself, holy smokes, I feel like a completely different human. Like there was so much about me that was different and it wasn't just the weight that I lost. There were so many lessons in that journey and so much and the habits that got changed along the way, the new person that I've become just because I took those 75 days to create those new habits. And do you do all of them stick? No, but you work to continually, when you see you're out of balance, make sure you're focusing on that area again. So physical health can drastically increase your happiness. Number three is finances. And we talk about finances all the time. If you have that cushion, if you have that safety net, when life gets sideways, I am just like, my heart is breaking for people that are losing jobs, people that, I mean, there's so much going on in the world right now that my heart says, oh my goodness, I hope that people have their finances straight. I hope that those people have emergency funds. The blessing of it is sometimes somebody has to push you off the cliff to get you to go start that business that you've always wanted to start. And you can do that when you have those finances in that counterbalance and they're right in your life. Number three is finances. Number four is relationships. So the number four thing to contribute to happiness is relationships. They said that doubling your friends and having high quality relationships increased your happiness more than 50%. Wow. We live in a world where we hear a lot of people saying that they're unhappy. What if we used some of these apps? What if we used, I actually was just with family yesterday working on and increasing relationships and connecting. And I thought to myself about this amazing crew at Breakfast with Champions that since just January has built some incredible relationships with some of the most outstanding people. And many of us have never even met each other. And I was so excited to think these people jumped on a plane. Many of us, I didn't get to go, jumped on a plane and flew to New York to meet with each other, to add those friends, to create that happiness. And I just want you to think about how that might show up in your life. If just doubling your friends or having quality relationships increase your happiness by 50%, that's significant. Number five is your job. The role you have that funds the life you desire. I hear all the time about these stats of 85% of the people are unhappy in their role. And I ask myself, because I've been there, I've been there where I absolutely hated my job. And I asked myself, is it the role? Like if I were to do any other job, would it be this one? Or do I actually hate the job? And I thought to myself and I'm like, no, I fully believe in the job that I do and the impact that it makes. And I absolutely love this job. All right, then why are you unhappy? Is it the environment? Are you in the wrong place? And so I audited and looked at the environment and I'm like, well, seems like an okay environment. It's not super toxic. Like there's some drama sometimes, but for the most part, the business as a whole, like seems okay. Is it the company? Are you not getting the support? And you just start auditing your world. 
Is it the people? You know what I found is that I had a couple of very victim mentality, ungrateful personalities that were around me. And I thought to myself, you know, this isn't good for me. This isn't good for my growth. This, I'm not a good leader in this environment. And so we just simply shifted things and released people to the world that were maybe not a culture match. And then we grew the business because people wanted to be a part of the environment. We added positivity, competitiveness. We added fun and hustle. And it's the funniest thing because I thought to myself this morning, I'm like, wow, I don't think I've ever been so happy in my job and happy with my people and happy in the world that I'm in. And it's funny because I have the same job. I work for the same company. I'm at the same place, but I changed some of the energy and I can do it with love. You don't have to do it without love. So um, we, we very much just, you have to be clear. Like C-Rock said, you have to be clear on what you want and what you want it to look like. I oftentimes create avatars of my perfect work environment, avatars of my perfect um, admin assistant, avatars of my perfect, like anybody, anybody that's a missing who in my life, I create an avatar so that I can have clarity on what it is that I'm searching for. I'm going to tell you, I'm totally going off. I'm going to tell you a side story real quick because it was really kind of fun. But Tom Ferry, if any of you guys know Tom Ferry, he tells a story about meeting his wife. And um, he talks about how he was so focused on work for all these years that he was killing it at work, but he was unbalanced in his relationships. And he said, he talked to a mentor and the mentor was like, create an avatar, like spell it out. What do you want her to look like? Where do you want her to come from? How do you want her to act? What do you want her values to be? And he's like, man, this is crazy. Like I can't like create somebody. It kind of reminds me of that weird science movie. Do you guys remember that? That was one of my favorites. <laughs> Um, but he talks about just getting super clear on this avatar of the perfect woman for his life and who he wanted to be with. And it's funny because, um, when I was coaching for him, he's a, he's a big, uh, real estate coach. If you guys aren't in the industry, you might not know who he is, but he, um, has these big events. And he said, I looked across the hotel balcony and I saw her, she was right there. And he said, I was so clear on what I was looking for that I knew instantly when I saw her. And they've been married for, I think like, I don't know, 35 years or something like that. And so it was just just a testimony to getting clear on whether it's the environment that you're building, the business that you're building, the people that you want around you, create the avatar and get super clear on who those people are and what that environment looks like. All right. Really quick, because I know it's important for us to reset the room halfway through and just let everybody know who just popped in. You are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We now have 15 hours of programming every single day from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. That is Eastern time, plus a 6 a.m. noon Saturday club um, on Club 111. Club 111's on Sunday. Um, sorry, I'm thinking Saturday, but Club 111's on Sunday to give you some spiritual just wealth and energy and connection. But I hope that you stop by, take a picture whenever you're listening to these, go post it to your Instagram, tag it breakfast with champions. Um, you will, we just love having you here. We appreciate you here. Just tag some of your friends, bring them into the room, let us pour into them. If you are the average of the five people that you keep around you, there are some pretty amazing people in this room, so this is a good place for you to be. So back to our topic, 
back to our topic of the five circles of life. So what do we need to do? We need to optimize these circles for freedom because happiness is tied to a person's ability to control as well as their ability to have flexibility. Isn't that funny? People want to control, but they also want to be flexible. <laughs> Seems like contradictory. It's like Tony Robbins, he talks about six human needs and he talks one of them is certainty and the other is variety. Like we need to have control and money gives you more control and it also gives you more flexibility. So this is why often it's tied to happiness. But this control and this flexibility is why some people want a nine to five job with a regular paycheck and other people are like, I feel like I'm on house arrest if I have a regular job. And I've been both of those people, depending on circumstances in life. I remember a day, um, absolutely, like, give me the nine to five job. I wanna be off by five, go be with my kids. And now I feel like, oh my gosh, that would be jail for me. <laughs> so it's funny because you can be both and it can be tied to the circumstances, but money gives you, and maybe that was why, maybe it was a financial thing. Money gives you the ability to have that security as well as that variety that you're looking for. Freedom increases when you have savings. You know you're okay when issues arise. We just talked about the Mexico situation. You can capitalize on the opportunities like we were just talking about. If you had to move across the country to take advantage of a new job that you've always wanted and you had that savings, you can do that. You can take advantage of that. You can feel comfortable starting that new business that you always wanted to start. I can't tell you how many friends that I've had that have worked for companies for years and years and years. And when they got to these high pay scales, they were thumped off the ladder because they were paid too much. And they didn't necessarily have a plan or a savings. Their plan was that they would always depend on their company. And it's a rude awakening when you get thumped off that ladder because you are above pay grade and they can't keep you anymore. So savings increases your ability to be resilient, your ability to be resilient in life. Had these guys in our Mexico story had some savings, they would have been like, cool, we're having an extended vacation. They're all good and they feel good, thank God. Um, but you know, they had to stay another couple of weeks and now this, this, what was once a paid for vacation, you know, could cost them a good 10 grand with 22% interest on top of that. So you just don't know what's going to happen. Money, lack of money. And this is what breaks me. Lack of money can lead people to feeling lost, lead them to feeling hopeless, that's where depression comes from, relationship challenges, dissatisfaction as just as a whole in life. I was uh, posting this morning and I was thinking about, I, I saw a post that said, as women, we've been taught that there's going to be a, a, a knight in shining armor that comes and runs off and saves the day. And the truth is nobody's going to save you. That is a narrative that we should have never taught because now we have... Um, often an imbalance in income. And I just have this passion for teaching women, like go save yourself, go be an awesome partner, go bring half the money to the table in your journey in life alongside your, your partner. You know, like you, there's a lot that can come that can empower you. Um, there's a lot of stability when you are like dependent on yourself. And the thing that matters most to me is as a kid, when we had lack of money, there was instability in the household and it was an unsafe situation that comes as children. So I encourage you, go build those safety nets, go build opportunity buckets because everything good comes from it. 
So what do we do? I'm going to give you four things that you can master and work on and questions that you can ask yourself so that you can kind of move from where you are to where you're headed. Number one is know your five circles, the ones we just talked about. And know that you're not always one coach is not going to be the right coach for all five circles. So if you're talking spirituality, physical health, finances, relationships, and jobs, I promise you that your physical health coach is probably not going to be the same person who is your uh, finance or your relationship or your, you know, everybody's going to have a different strength. So for a long time, I thought I could have one coach that taught me everything. And the truth is that's not how that works. So find yourself a mentor. Even if you don't have direct access to them, find their book, find their podcast, but align yourself and focus on knowing your five circles and knowing who you're going to learn from on each of them. Track them so that you know when you're out of balance. If we were to put that pendulum back to a scale and the middle was zero as balanced and the sides were, you know, negative and positive numbers, if you were to track and say, how was my day today? Was it to the left or to the right? And you were to track this over time, you can fix it immediately when you start to get out of balance. One of my gals this morning on our morning call, she said, I said, how, you know, how'd your week last week go? And she goes, well, I got my report and my numbers were down and now I know what I'm going to do about it. So this week I'm going to focus on, and she knew what her focus this week would be because she tracks her numbers and knew that she was off by just a little bit. Imagine if she wasn't tracking that, how far off she could get before she realized that it was painful enough that she needed to take action. So there is so much value in tracking your circles. Number two, the thing you want to do is you want to attempt to have abundance and win in all five circles. And like we talked about, it's counterbalance. So you're not going to win in all five circles at the same time all the time. You're going to work to have abundance in all five areas. And you're going to understand that counterbalance is a daily habit. And out of balance is just a short-term problem. I'm going to say that again. You are going to learn that counterbalance is a daily habit and out of balance is a short-term problem. The beauty of life and getting out of balance is you can correct. You can just fix. You can tweak. Go start changing your habits just 1% better. 1% better. Number four is, oh, I'm sorry, number three. Remember that the purpose of business and career is to fund a perfect life. I think often we just show up because we're told to be there. Like the purpose of running that business is to fund that life that you visualized, is to have clarity on that life so that your business is funding it. You have to be clear first on what your perfect life is and what success looks like to you. And I'll tell you, friends, my success looks completely different than many of my friends. My values, you know, I've got little kids at home and things that, um, things that I, I just have different circumstances. So your life and your success and your perfect life, it's okay if it looks different than somebody else's because it's yours. That's the awesome part. But so often we're trying to create the guy next door's life. That's his. Let him do that. You be you. So just remember, number four is consistent and intentional growth. I see a pattern here. We've said consistent like 10,000 times this morning. Create a habit of learning, connecting, tracking those circles. There's sometimes, there will be times where you're in need of growth in one area and another is okay. 
Remember that pendulum. Just remember, balance is not stationary. It's this counterbalance. It's the act of counterbalancing and keeping those five circles within that range of close to center. Because, shoot, I can tell you, I have like business and financialed myself to death in this life as far as education which is why I start lacking in my health world, because that's what I haven't spent 10,000 hours doing. So just remember that sometimes it's okay for you to go focus on the piece that is not, you know, that is swinging too far out. Get it back in, ran in it. Remember that life is a journey and not a destination. Also, often we're like looking far into the future saying, I'll be happy when. Happiness will happen when I have this, when I... And it's always looking at this destination down the road that if we check that off of our box, you know, then we will be happy. And the truth is that happiness is a feeling. It's feeling excited and fulfilled along the way, along the whole journey. There's going to be bumps. It's going to be challenging. But happiness is not someplace you get to. Happiness is something that happens along the way, along the 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 challenges, along the successes, all of these things that happen don't happen to us. They happen for us. And we get to enjoy them and grow through them and become the best versions of ourselves along the way because it's a journey. It's not a destination. Too often we're looking at success and abundance and happiness as something that we'll have when we get there. But if we can accept it as something that's in constant motion with the goal to keep those five circles in balance, then you are in this just happiness. You just are happy. You're just joyful. And if you're tracking it, you never get too out of balance. We have this app that we have been, uh, a new app that launched called Ula. I put it in my, uh, I put it in my bio so that you guys could check it out if you wanted to. But basically they created this entire app that's tracking these five circles and there's a whole community behind it and you can put in your priorities and your, your perfect life. Um, and you can just, it pops up and it reminds you if you're out of balance, what you need to focus on. And I thought, what a cool idea. Um, that's in my bio if you want to go check it out. I thought that was a neat tool. But I just want to stop and I just want to open it up to some thoughts. What ahas do you have from this conversation that we're having? Open up, either flash your mics, raise your hand, that kind of thing. What do you got? Hi, Kristen. This is Tony the Tiger. Uh, this was so great. I really got a lot out of it, of what you said. Um, and uh, I, was I was taking notes feverishly. I... I I loved everything. Um, I was reading recently that only 14% of Americans are happy. And I don't know about you, but that seems really low to me. Um, so I think we can all get uh, tons of tips for, for happiness is always helpful for all of us. Um, the one thing you said, you said debt is borrowing from your future self. And I thought Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. It's every now and here, we finish our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean-Paul Gidry here. And I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! 
I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I want to open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. I thought that was a really great quote. I wrote that down. Um, and then uh, you had mentioned uh, about being out of balance and how I was thinking about how like a washer, when it gets unbalanced, gets really noisy. But when our finance financial life gets really uncertain, it's kind of easy to brush it under the rug sometimes and not uh, it doesn't necessarily get so noisy that it impacts us unless we go on a vacation and then we're in a real bind like you were like you were talking about. Um, but having that money, uh, Ed Milet and Grant Cardone do a video about can you be happy and broke at the same time. And um, and I think being able to have that cushion like you talked about with uh, the person who was on vacation, you don't have those worries um, can really make the difference as to whether you're happy or not. So those are my thoughts. Thank you again. And um, I'm Tonya Tiger. I'm finished. I love it. I love the visual of the washing machine. Boy, that's a good one. It just starts bouncing all over the place when it's out of balance and it's really obnoxious. I love that visual. That's pretty cool. Thank you for sharing. Who else? What ahas do you have? What are you thinking? What's going through your head right now? Hey, Kristen. Hello, Sarah. I love when you said that you should have such a clear picture of your ideal avatar that you could recognize them across the other side of a hotel ballroom um, because they're that clear. I just love that. I just, when I heard that that's literally how he identified his wife, I thought, wow, that's pretty impactful. That's pretty darn amazing. Can you imagine if you were that clear on the things you wanted in your life? You would find them. You Law of attraction. If you focus on it, you will find it. <laughs> I love that. Very good. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Who else? What's hey, going Kristen. through your head? Yes, yes. ma'am. Kristen, this is Kate Bowman. So uh, you're such you're so fun to listen to. You are just just sharing so much great knowledge. So it's been really a pleasure to hear you. Uh, and as you were talking, the one thing that came up for me was self-awareness. I feel like throughout everything that you shared, it's really making us think about being truly self-aware with where we are, what we want, and where we're going. And when you talked about assessing your life, noticing your feelings about where you were, and how you were feeling about maybe a particular role you were in. And instead of just jumping, because I think so often we can jump from thing to thing, trying to find out that next thing that we need that will make us happy when that isn't actually the case. Instead, really assessing where you are and figuring out if there's an opportunity to make that situation better so you know what that next right move is instead of instead of doing something that might actually prohibit us from creating that happiness in our life. So I really, really love that you shared that. So thank you. Oh, I love that. So like taking control of your scenario versus just trying to chase the next best thing that might potentially make us happy, just looking around and owning where you are. I There is zero wrong 
with us making ourselves happy, guys. I think oftentimes we have a tendency to put people first, which we always want to put people first, but it's the old airbag thing. Uh, the old, the old on the, on the plane, when the little airbag drops, like you can't save somebody else. You can't lead people. You can't be a, a great leader for your family, for your business, for any of those things, if you don't have the airbag on yourself. And so I'd love that just analyzing and taking control of the situation that you're in and owning it. Absolutely. What do you got? I'm curious, where are you out of balance? Somebody share with me. Is there a place that you've identified that, gosh, that's a place that maybe I should focus some time on? Is anybody brave enough to admit it? I'll be brave enough to admit it. <laughs> be brave. Where, where are you out of balance? Finances. I, I quit my corporate job four months ago on a whim. Um, uh -huh. And so everything's, you know, it's paycheck to paycheck. It's definitely not where I want to be, but, um, but it's, it's happening. It's, it's what I had to do because I couldn't figure out how to uh, work more and take care of my kids um, to save that egg. And maybe I'm making some excuses too. Um, but the fact is I didn't. And so now I'm in the place where I am. <laughs> So let me ask you something. What is, if, if money is tied to the stress that you have right now, what is the one simple thing, not a big thing, like one tiny habit, one 1% atomic habit that you can focus on that if you changed it and started doing it right now would make the biggest impact on your financial balance? Um, I am working with um, someone on doing the whole uh, 70, 10, 10 things. So I opened up another account to, uh, put money in there. Um, and, uh, I think the hardest part is just to try the, I'm doing life coaching. So my monthly income is not like a consistent amount. So I'm trying to kind of figure that out. Uh, I don't know how to answer your question. I guess. No, 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 no. I, you just answered my question. Can I okay. pick you up for a minute? Can I beat you up for a minute? Your one thing you just said to me is lead, is lead generation. You just told me you just started a new business and you don't quite have enough clients. So your one thing that if you did it, that would change everything is you time block and stop and go start adding people to your database. Start talking to more people because once you have more leads, you will have more income. Yeah, that's definitely true. And closing those leads is where is is where I need to focus. So I'm getting a lot of people in the funnel, but then, um, you know, picking up the, the phone and closing them. I grew my uh, TikTok to almost 10,000 in 90 days. So good I'm good job. at getting like the, the people in and I have great content. Um, but yeah, you get caught up in the things that you're not comfortable with. I'm, I'm comfortable with going on video and talking about stuff, but uh, but the lead generation part, closing the deals is what would make a huge difference with my family. Awesome. I thank you so much for being so vulnerable and just letting it because so many of us have that problem, right? And most of us are, are looking for, well, it must be something else. There's something else I can do. And so maybe the key for anybody in that situation right now is who's the mentor that's an awesome closer that you can go learn from, that you can go watch on video, that you can go listen to their scripts, that such by doing it will increase your income. I love it. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable. That was awesome. Anybody else, what are you out of balance with right now? And what's maybe one little shift or tweak that you can make that such by making it, it will bring you back closer to center? 
I'm out of balance in my fitness, if I may. Yeah. And the one the one little tweak I realized that I can do in talking to a friend this morning, inspired by Greg a week or two ago, but talking to a friend this morning is just get up and start running again. And it's not fitness alone. It's how fitness ties into my mental mm-hmm. and how it creates that that drum of meditation for me that I know can help everything else work that much more smoothly. You know, I don't think that we realize the power of fitness and it being Wealth and Health Wednesday. That's such a powerful comment because back to that data of that 6,500% more happy, if you're happier, do you think you're going to go take action more often? Absolutely. So I love that. And I think there's probably a lot of us in that room that if we could take that little tweak and just focus on it every day, it would make a huge difference. It would make a huge difference. Did anybody? I agree 100,000%. Mark is spot on, man. The health, the wealth, that part's important. I also wanted to, Kristen, if you don't mind real quick, on the young lady that was generating leads, I want to share something with the room real quick. The, uh, I call it the the law of 1%. And I talked to my, uh, I actually talked to my wife about this a, a lot. So, if you can, if you have a product, so if you have something that is valuable to one out of a hundred people, right? To one out of a hundred people, that's it. If there's a hundred people in the room, you knew you could sell one of them, then there, there's really two ways to look at this, right? Let me back up just a little bit. People talk often about trying to sell something to everyone. We're trying to sell... Uh, we're trying to close or convert 70%, to 80%, 90%, 100%, 50%, 40%, 30%. And I would like you to just take a second and look at the law of 1%. So you mentioned, the young lady mentioned that she was not closing enough of those leads. And Kristen was like, what you need to be doing is going all in on the leads. And in this case, I have to agree with Kristen in the sense that even if you can only close one out of 100 so start doing the math. You're like, okay, I make blank per closed deal. I'm only going to close one out of a hundred. Have the mindset of I'm only going to close one out of a hundred people in a room, right? Then that means let's get a thousand people into the, into the funnel. Cause now we're, we know if we get a thousand people in there, we're going to close 10. And then if we get 10,000 people in there, we're going to close a hundred. If we get a hundred thousand people in there, we're going to close a thousand. Now, obviously we want to increase our closing ratios down the road when we can, but getting, if you just have this mindset of, I'm only going to close one out of a hundred. So I got to reach as many people as freaking possible at that 1% closing ratio. And then if you end up closing at 2%, what happens? Boom. Huge, right? Because you've got so many people in there. You close at 5%, boom, massive income revenue stream increase because you have so many people in there. So focus on the reach, focus on getting the people, getting as many eyeballs as you can. You need as much attention as humanly possible. It's way harder than anybody ever thinks. So you got to put 10x efforts and energies into getting all the eyeballs on you so they can see your amazing product that you have for them. Hope that helps. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate it. I love that. It's a numbers game and knowing your conversion rate, like back to track and measure. If you know your conversion rate, then it's just a math problem, like Kim said earlier. Um, That's awesome. Thank you, sir. That was good contribution. 
who else? What's going through your mind right now? When you tie, when you think about the five circles of happiness and you think about the things that can maybe cause you to spin out of control, if you lack happiness, do you think it affects your business productivity? Or have you seen it maybe in your own life affect your business productivity? I know through this pandemic, as I have, um, you know, there's just been so many changes and so many unknowns and you're constantly trying to maneuver through this and keep your attitude positive. And on the days that you're in the rut, it's that five minute funeral, that shake it off, that go bounce around to some silly music, um, go change your state, go get your energy back. And when you have such clarity on what you need to execute on, because you've got that, that clear, um, plan and you know your numbers because you've been tracking, you can shake it off and get back into it. And I think oftentimes we let that five minute funeral drag through all day. You know, I don't really want to work today. Today kind of sucked. I'm having a bad day. I just can't get my mind out of the gutter, whatever. And the truth is, is like, know yourself, have clarity on where you're going and shake it off and get yourself out of that mindset so that you can, you've got to bring your happiness up. Even if you need to stop everything you're doing and go for a run in the middle of your day, just change your state so that you can get back to being productive. Um, hey, Kristen. Just, yes, ma'am. I have a question for you. This is Kate. Yes. Yes. Okay. Here's because I'm as you're talking, I'm like, all right, I'm thinking about my my life and where I might be in balance. And for me, I am like very clear on business and work and um and working out like that stuff. I am down. Like, I mean, especially with Breakfast of Champions, I listen to it at, when I wake up at five in the morning. I'm at the gym, but for me, I'm the the maybe imbalance is more. I feel like uh, I'm like a lot of us here very multi-passionate. I, I get very excited about a lot of things. And so I tend to throw myself into a lot of projects, which I don't realize until I'm in them that I'm like, oh, maybe I'm actually trying to do too much in which I find a little bit of imbalance in maybe that side of what we were talking about earlier this morning, like what, what Glenn was sharing, where you're feeling kind of guilty if you're not like putting pedal to the metal all the time. So that's kind of where I feel that imbalance, but I just get so excited about so many things and so many projects. I, I think that we are many times guilty of that. And I would say, think of some clarifying questions that every time somebody offers you an opportunity to say yes, that you ask yourself, you know, is this in alignment with my goal? Is it gonna move me closer to my mission? Um, and if the answer is even questionable, put it on the sidelines for a while. And then the last thing is, don't feel bad about raising your hand and just saying, you know what, I'm really sorry, I overcommitted myself and I should not have said yes to this. Because when you let it draw out for too long, that's when you make, uh, you know, that's when it, it just digs you into this hole and you lack all this production and you get the financial stress of it and you're kind of doing everything a little bit, nothing really well and everybody's impacted. Just recognize when you've committed to too much and raise your hand and ask for, you know, just, just opt out and ask for forgiveness and say, look, you know, I really apologize. I was super excited about this opportunity. I thought that I would have the time to commit and I just flat out don't. How can I support you from the sidelines? I just, you know, I don't want to stagger your, your mission, whatever. Um, but it's okay to say no, even if you've already said yes. I know there's just a lot of things that come up that I, and especially if you're a people pleaser, I, I have a tendency to do that where, um, 
a, a friend has a business venture and they're like, Hey, I really need your support. I know you're a recruiter. I know you're a, you know, I've been in sales forever. And so they, they want me to opt in and I want to love them and support them. And the truth is, is sometimes I, my plate is so full that I just don't have the time. And so the question has to be like, you need to have those clarifying questions. Does saying yes to this move me closer to my mission? who am I saying no to? Who or what am I saying no to by saying yes to this? And lastly, if you've already committed it, just think of a good, easy exit. Like, I'm sorry, I overcommitted myself. I love you. I want to support you. That's why I opted in. And unfortunately, I'm not showing up the way that I should have showed up for you. Um, and I think all of that is okay. Hopefully that's a good answer. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that is helpful, Kristen. Thank you. I have to get, I have to just get better at it. Like boundaries. So, <laughs> so I just the acceptance. It. Yeah. Just the acceptance that it's totally okay. This is your life. It is short. You only get to do it one time. So it's okay for you to, when you see that the boat is off, you know, it's, it's off the destination. It's okay to say, all right, we need to turn left a little bit. We need to move a little bit and it's okay. I mean, it's okay to say no. And I always say no is a complete answer. And I'll tell you, it took me years to learn that. I can't tell you how much time I had wasted in life trying to be a people pleaser and not setting boundaries for myself. So I can absolutely appreciate what, what you're saying. Any last comments or thoughts? I just think that happiness in this world, like we just heard a little while ago when what 14% of people are happy, what can you do today to move yourself just a little bit closer to that line? Hey, Kristen, this is Trust. How you doing? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. I just came in on the last part of it, but I wanted to tell you what I heard and the questions that were asked and answered truly is where I'm at. And so I really appreciate this segment. And I think that you did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just try to show up and uh, tell you what I've had from experience because Lord knows I've been there too. <laughs> yes. Hey, Kristen. Hi. This is Monica in the turquoise ring. Hi, Monica. Hi, wonderful segment. Um, you got me thinking about the five circles and I've been, I've got scribbles and notes and I wanted to share something that popped up for me really strongly. As I'm looking at the five areas, the one area that you can impact absolutely positively immediately is your physical health. Mm -hmm. When you, when you impact your physical health, everything else is attached to it and it is potentially the easiest one to impact quickly. So my suggestion for anyone who's struggling with any area is that if your physical health is an area that is out of balance for you, you can make big gains really quick in that area. And that will change your brain in such a way that you'll be so much more powerful in the other areas. Um, it, that has absolutely been my experience and the experience of the people I work with and the people around me. So I just wanted to share that. I'm Monica in the turquoise ring. And I Monica, that is such good advice and it's so simple and every single one of us has the ability to do it. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.